Now you're playing with power. It's the This Game Where podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. You've done that one before. I don't like to harp on about these things. No, I haven't. I'm sure you've done that one before. It's a Nintendo one, that one. It is a Nintendo one. Why do that might be? Uh, I don't want to guess, because I'm always wrong, and it makes me sad. Because we do the Sega game. No, we're not. We're doing a Nintendo yeah, game. exactly. Oh, that's good, then. I'm glad. And it's also a console I don't think we've done before. What? I should How's do- that? I should double-check that, but I don't think we've done anything for this console. So that's exciting. So it's not Nintendo. It is Nintendo. We've done that. We've done Super Mario Brothers 3 for a start. Yeah, what console's that on? On the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, but is this the Nintendo Entertainment System? Well, I was just going to run through them. That's what I was doing. Right, okay, okay, go on. The Nintendo Entertainment System is generally known as the Nintendo. Certainly when it came out, it was in households, it was known as Nintendo. The NES. Have you have you got a N- Nintendo? Yeah, we called it NES here, but certainly in America it was Nintendo. Like a Hoover. So is it on the Nintendo? No. Or NES? Is it on the Super Nintendo? No. Game Boy? Yeah. We have done a Game Boy game, haven't we? Have we? I don't know. Have we not done Super Mario Land yet? No, we haven't. Oh. It lives in my head all the time, that game, so... Well, that seems like a good point to, to go into it then. It's this game where... Well, this week, it is this game where, I should say. You we play- have. We've done Pokemon. Oh, blimey. I thought I was breaking hey, new I knew, ground. I knew we'd done something. <sighs> okay, well, it's not the first game of the game we've done. This week, it's this game where you play as a husky baddie. He's on a quest... What? He's on a quest... I know what it is. He's on a quest to build a castle bigger than his enemies. And you have to equip helmets to give your character unique abilities. So I'm going to give it its proper name. Oh. It's Super Mario Land 3. Colon. Wario Land. Yeah. Or in Japan, Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land, because in Japan they reversed it for unknown reasons. Sorry. That's what I just said. Super Mario Land 3. Oh, yeah, you did. Wario Land. Sorry. I was off my little magical world there. It yeah. was that in the UK, wasn't it? I'm sure my cartridge says no, Jap- Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land. Japan, Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land. Everywhere else, it was Wario Land, colon, Super Mario Land 3. Well, I'm going to... I should have said, well, blow me away, because I didn't realise that. I'm going to have to look at my cartridge in the half-time break. But also, a nice coincidence, because you actually talked about Mario Land about a minute and a half ago, and we're doing yeah. a sequel to that. So that's nice. So, the sequels to Super Mario... Super Mario Land is a fantastic game. Yep. It's very short. Uh, even I can finish it now in, in about 20 minutes. I blasted through it before Christmas last year. Super Mario Land 2 takes that and, I mean, to be honest, it completely wipes the floor with Super Mario Land. The, the second Super Mario Land game, six gold coins for anyone that doesn't know, is fabulous. Absolutely phenomenal in so many ways. They don't get as much press as the, the big boys on the home consoles. But there are certain things in Super Mario Land 2 that will stay with me. Like the the 3D... So it's level-based, like in Super Mario Brothers. But the levels, the way that they're designed, are much more interesting than, say, Super Mario Land 3. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, because you've got things like a 3D Mario uh, hill to climb up, if you remember that on Super Mario Land 2. All I can think of is the, is the giant Mario that you go inside. There's like a massive... Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's it. All that's I the think one that of. I'm talking about. Yeah, I yeah, that's it was. the one that I'm talking about because it's like 2D isometric when you're looking at it mm-hmm. and you climb up the up the statue. Um, Wario Land takes Super Mario Land and does something 
fresh and new with it by introducing a new character who has a completely different way of uh, a completely different feel to him and has a totally different approach to platforming because he's a very like you said brutish husky i don't think you used the word brutish you said husky yeah he he is he is physically very large compared to mario but he's also uh brutish in his in his maneuvers and a lot of the hats that you pick up will do things that are um quite aggressive compared to mario the one that i remember is the one where you shoulder barge but i don't know if that's a hat or whether that's just a shoulder barging is something you can just do all the time anyway but there are uh, one of the hats you pick up allows you to do that for longer Hmm. yeah i only have good memories of this game but i don't have hugely vivid or detailed memories so tell me about it right well uh, this and also maybe just to address the elephants in the room at this point. You're you're going to say Wario. I'm going to say Wario throughout the whole episode. Uh, apologies, to Wario. Listener. I'm not going to say Wario. I'm going to say Wario. S- sounds the same to me. Well, okay. Wario Land was released on the Game Boy in early to mid 1994 worldwide and is a platform game. Unsurprisingly, it was developed by Nintendo. R&D 1, who developed the Game Boy itself and many of its most iconic games, for example, Tetris, Mario Land and Metroid 2, which we covered back in episode 83, and they themselves, that studio, created the character of Wario, which looks quite interesting. Mm. It is subtitled Super Mario Land 3, as it is a direct sequel to Super Mario Land 2, as we've already talked about. Uh, the plots of it are quite like as well. Wario was the antagonist in Super Mario Land 2, and he was thrown out of Mario's castle right at the end. Uh, in a bad case of castle envy, he then decides he wants to build a bigger castle than Mario, and that's the whole point of the game, is him trying to outdo Mario. So I didn't he, know that. Yeah. So he his job is to seek out treasure and coins as well as much treasure treasure and as many coins as possible to fund building his castle that's that's bigger than the mario's and to do this he hears of a rumor of kitchen island where the brown sugar pirates have hidden numerous treasures and coins including a gold statue of peach so he travels to kitchen island in order to steal them all and build his big castle the brown sugar pirates are led by captain syrup who is a female pirate and the instruction manual doesn't mention her gender keeps it secret to sort of be a bit of a surprise in the game Hmm. okay yeah (laughs) Uh, as you've said with super mario land 2 wario land does the same sort of thing with the map so you've got a map area and you explore a level and you come out the level and it'll unlock the next level you explore that level etc etc all of the levels or a lot of the levels have multiple exits so it branches off and i when i think of this game it reminds me a lot of how super mario world works in the fact you've got this this overview map and actually the levels sort of branch off quite a lot and you end up from rather than being quite a linear experience it ends up branch off quite a lot in so much as or even even to the extent of i should say there's a whole separate uh, area that's completely separate to the main game that you you only find via a hidden exit so you can actually complete the game without even finding this area mm. And I remember finding yeah, I, mean, I remember finding this area when I played it because look I looked at where it was positioned on the map and kind of worked out, okay, you must have to be able to get to it from this particular area. So rather than errors and errors, I'll actually go into the, the specifics of that. It is um Sherbetland. Now yep. do you recognise Sherbetland at all? Um, not off the top of my head, but it doesn't mean that I didn't I think I'm pretty sure I 
Sherpa Land uh, wipe is the floor with this game. So. Sherpa Land is icy and filled with penguins. Oh, do you mean do you mean in terms of later games? Yeah, yeah. So it crops up in various other games like New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, and it appears in uh, my memory of it is it's in Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where so you can go under the ice. Yeah, exactly. So this is Sherpa Land's first appearance is in Wario Land, and that's the whole separate area. So. Mount Teapot is the area that is next to Sherbet Land. And I looked at Mount Teapot and thought, well, there must be some sort of relationship between these. And eventually found the level and found the exit within that level. Because it's not clear within the levels where these exits are. You have to really do some, mm. some exploring, some, some decent platforming. And then managed to find this exit and get to Sherbet Land. And I remember that being a real rush when I figured that out. Cool. Uh, well there done. All seven worlds are food themed. I've mentioned Mount Teapot and Sherbet Lands. There's also Rice Beach. I'm, I didn't list all of them. I thought I'd break with attrition and not do a big old list. Wow. I know. Okay. So you've already mentioned the shoulder charging. Shoulder charging is Wario's main attack, but you can also jump or bump into enemies. And the idea is that when you knock into them in whatever way, whether it's shoulder charging or jumping into them, they then fall onto their head, at which point you can yeah. then jump on them again to kill them, or you can pick them up and then throw them at other enemies in the game to get rid of them. A bit like, I suppose, yeah. the mechanic in Mario 2. Yeah, Super Mario World 2. Or not Super Mario World 2, Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. I wonder if they were actually thinking of, of that when they implemented that in this game, or whether it's just incidental. It's very similar, so I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, but they never brought it back really for... Well, they brought it back later, but certainly not Super Mario Brothers 3. They didn't bring it back there, did they? No, you're right, actually. You can do it in Super Mario World. You can knock the... Um, the red turtle shells. Red yeah, although shells, you can do say. that in... You can't do that in Super Mario Brothers 3, can you? But you can do it in Super Mario World. You can pick them up and run with them, can't you? Yeah. Can you do that in Super Mario Brothers 3? I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like I'm getting. I'm straying into not knowing. <laughs> So maybe a shush. But I guess with that example, the red Cooper shells, is it only it's only with them, you can't do it with all enemies, whereas in Wario yeah. it is all enemies. And so, Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah. Pretty much everything to be picked up. Yeah, so that's maybe the, the difference there. Um so the helmets are what give you different abilities. There are three helmets yep, or three I'd like types to know of helmets. About these, please. Okay, I have listed these because this is where I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed using these a lot. Three different helmets that each give you different abilities. They are the bull helmet, which is represented by a little helmet with horns on, like a Viking. Which is the one I remember. Yeah. That increases your strength and doubles the length of your shoulder charge. It also allows you to, with the horns, stick into ceilings. Oh, I don't remember that. I think there's a level where you have to go up and I might be this might be me making it up or something but I think there's a level where you there's a conveyor belt in the ceiling you have to jump up and stick on it and then it'll only carry you a bit further on and you can jump down something like that okay it also allows you to do Sounds a, inventive to do what's referred to as a butt stomp as well there is a jet helmet which is represented by a little plane on Warrior's head, which increases your running speed. It means you can fly left or right, and you can also shoulder charge underwater. And then finally is the Dragon Helmet, which has a little dragon. So there are just three. Go just, on, sorry, say that again, and then I'll ask. 
And then there's the dragon helmet, which has a little dragon sat on his head, and you press a button and it fires out a jet of flame in front of you to attack both enemies and blocks from long distance. And what I liked about this game, one of the many things I liked about this game, is the strategy elements, because you might be completing a level in Mount Teapot, and you'll see something just out of reach, or, or and then you'll think, okay, I need to come back, back into this level with the bull helmet in order to get to that, for example. And I realised that elements of strategy it introduced within that. Yeah, okay. So there are just three helmets? Just three. Because I thought, I, I remember it as having all sorts of different helmets, but must be misremembering. There there were must a few thinking sequels. thinking of Blumen Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Possibly, maybe. yeah. Mis- there are a few sequels to this game, so maybe later entries introduced more helmets. I don't know. I didn't play those yeah, in any great I've, detail. I've played, the other, I've played other Warrior Lands. I've certainly played Warrior Land 4. Um, but I can't remember if I've played two or three. So maybe I am just conflating. Pinging it all together. There's also the star invincibility, like in the main Mario titles. And again, same as in the main Mario titles. If you get hit at any point, you'll then shrink down to be small Wario. If you get a helmet, you'll then increase back up to normal Wario. If you get hit while you are small Wario, you will die. Again, same mechanic as right. main titles. Um, another nice mechanic with this game is the coins. The coins are used as currency and not extra lives as usual, which ties in with the plot, I guess. If you find 10 coins in a level, Wario then pulls out a 10-coin coin, which he can then throw at enemies and pick up again. So the coin picking then actually turns into a weapon, which I quite like. But Yeah, I don't remember that either. But ultimately, the point is trying to get as many coins as you can in order to fulfill Wario's quest of becoming richer mm. than Mario and making a big castle. You can also use your coins to buy level exits, so levels that have multiple exits, as well as finding them, you might also be able to buy your way to them. And okay. you can also use coins to buy checkpoints if you want to save your progress. And there are mm. also, at the end of each level, or at the end of some levels, there are... Um, there's an opportunity to play a game of chance and gamble to maybe win more coins, but obviously maybe potentially lose the coins you've got. Mm. The ultimate point of all this coin getting is at the end of the game, Wario summons a genie and he wishes for a castle. And depending on the number of coins you have, it dictates what house the genie gives you. Do you remember this right. at all? No, I don't remember it. I So I, just to put in now, I suppose, to clarify why I don't remember... I haven't played this since the nineties. Oh, okay. I haven't actually. I haven't returned to this game. So we're talking probably about twenty-three or four years ago. To be fair, I don't think I've played it for about that long as well. But it really mm. made a, a big impression on me. I, I realised. Yeah, I thought it made more game. of an impression on me than it than it clearly oh, okay. has. Okay. So if you have a minimal amount of coins, the genie gives you a birdhouse to live in. And it goes up from there. So you've got birdhouse, then tree trunk, then log cabin, which to me is quite a big jump from tree trunk. After, yeah. log, after log cabin, it's pagoda, then castle, and then the ultimate prize is a planetoid. And the end sequence is Wario jumping down this planetoid, looking very, very pleased with himself. If you don't get the best endings, if you don't end the game with enough coins to get a planetoid, after the credits, it then comes up with Please Retry flashing on the screen. You can then go back, I guess like a new game plus, you can then go back into the game and any levels where you haven't found all the treasure are then flashing on the map. So it gives you a bit of a a hint as to here's where to go to retry and try and uh, get that better ending, which I think is brilliant as well. Yeah. Now, the reason I can remember that ending in such detail is because there is a debug cheat in this game where you you pause the game, then press select 16 times, and it 
then these little arrows appear at the your hood at the bottom of the screen and you can go across to your coin counts and you can then increase the number of coins you have so i used to do this every single level press pause press select 16 times then increase to the maximum number of coins and then carry on playing the level so i always got the good ending of guessing the planetoid one how did you find out about that cheat i think i read it and in a magazine two, two what was the point what do you mean it renders the whole thing so some well, I suppose you can enjoy the levels for the sake of the levels. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. But you've got no objective. You've rendered the objective pointless. I'm sure at some point I played it properly because I did play this a lot. But um, okay. yeah, I see your point. But I was I was a cheap little boy when I was a a nipper. A- any game that I played, if there were cheats available for it, I would activate said cheats. Okay. No shame. Oh. Okay. One thing I thought you would pick me up on, uh, which you haven't done yet, is how I played it, because I didn't have a Game Boy. Um, I'd forgotten that you didn't have a Game Boy. No, that's fair enough. I'm not expecting you to, to know every console I had. Um, I played this a lot because I had a friend who was quite into games, and she had this uh, and a Game Boy, and I used to borrow it off her quite a lot. So, borrow it off her for a week, play it, then return it, and then a couple months later, um, could I uh, borrow your Game Boy again? And uh, Wow play this that's interesting and strange why was she giving why is you her game boy lending yeah i know but who's borrowing consoles like well the game boy was surely the best console to to lend you, you wouldn't lend your friends a playstation would you but Not then she hasn't got a game boy oh she was obviously she's very trusting it wasn't about trust. It's about, was she just not into the Game Boy? Was she not playing it or something? I don't think she was massively into it, to be honest. She also had a SNES, okay. and it was around her house where I first played Super Mario World uh, as well. She also had a PC, and I played Quake a lot at hers, and Normality. Right. So, so she, uh, she, was, she was spreading herself thin, games-wise. She was, yeah. Some, some good, okay. some not so good. Right. Okay. I wouldn't have lent you my Game Boy. No, not surprised. It was but also I had a lot of Pokemon catching to do. So <laughs> she also had—I mean, she probably had other games as well. But uh, Warrior Land and Links to the Past were the two that I borrowed off her, and I used to kind of alternate. So sort of, I'd, I'd borrow Links to the Past at one point, and then about a month later, I'd borrow it off her and play Warrior Land. Mm. And yeah, both both great, great games, great games, mm. both great games. It. It's reviewed really, really well, and according to How Long to Beat, it's about four and a half hours to complete, but up to nine if you want to get max coins and unlock everything, or use the select cheat, like me. It felt a lot longer than that. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a lot longer than that. But you've mentioned that Super Four and Mario... a half hours? Mm. Yeah. But you've mentioned Super Mario wow. Land was 20 minutes. Yeah, Super Mario Land is 20 minutes. That's why Super Mario Land 2 and onwards were such huge leaps forward or one of the reasons because they were they they felt a lot more meaty there was a lot more to them both in design and content i think four and a half hours is it's all right four and a half is, is all right i think for for a platformer of that period it's just that i felt like it was longer that's what i'm saying right okay i remember completing Link's Awakening in a day, and I don't feel like I ever did that with this. Sorry, I said Link to the Past two minutes ago, didn't I? I meant Link's Awakening. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just reminded me. Yeah, um, you played that in a day. That's that's quite good going as well. Yeah, well, that's something that I, when I say that, I can't believe that I did that. Or, 
and I don't really know how I did do it because all of the how long to beat. So I, I was looking at it when the new version came out and they are all like 17 hours. And I can't imagine I was sat there playing Link's Awakening for that long. I think, because as, as I said, I, I borrowed that quite a lot off this friend as well. I th- I got into a similar sort of frame where I could bosh through that quite quickly. I don't think I, it would take have taken me 17 hours to complete it. No, I was doing about, I think it, I think it was about seven hours that I was doing it in. Yeah, once start you... about nine and finish before the end of work. There you go, chop to him. But this this felt longer than that. This felt longer than that. That's what I'm trying to get at. It it was a the experience of it. I feel like I remember it as like a days long thing rather than right. something that I could do in half a half a day. Right, I've got nothing else I want to say about the game really, but I just want to I want to play it really. I want to see what it's like. Let's cool. go. Me too. Land still as good as I remember it being, which is nice. Yep, it's always nice, isn't it? The problem that I've got is that I feel like my feelings don't go really beyond nice. You know, we were both very enthusiastic about playing Rollercoaster Tycoon, and I just don't have that feeling for this. I'm quite taken aback. Yeah, like at that, it's it's good. It's not earth shattering, but it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's... And I thought it was. I thought it was. Yeah. So, I I think it. I don't want people to think that I don't. I haven't enjoyed myself, but I haven't enjoyed myself in the way that I thought I would. Or haven't enjoyed yourself as much as you thought you were going to. Yeah, maybe. And I don't even think it's a case of going in with a high bar. I think it's just that it's a, an okay game, doing an okay job of being an okay game. Fair enough. How do you is that in line with where you are with it? I think it's a, it's a good game, being a good game. I don't think there's anything like outstanding about it. It's as I said, just as good as I remember it being. It there's nothing I particularly didn't like about it. Um, it, it feels like a solid, I don't know, seventy five percent. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which is where the Wario platformers seem to end up by and large. As far as the wider world is concerned, they don't tend to outperform expectations in reviews. They tend to hit that sort of mid, middling area where it's fives to sevens. Have you, I, there was a joke, or not a joke, a, a, an observation, I guess, around the time that I was a teenager about re- the review world and how anything less than a seven was often um, met with scorn and derision because seven was the the middle the middle of the road score yeah and i think that in some ways that does hold up because if it gets a seven it's it's a playable game it's passable it's it's fun and it'll find an audience or it should find an audience if it's lower than seven then you're starting to get into territory of there are some fundamental thing issues with this product this is definitely a seven. It's definitely it's not lower than that. It's just it's just a seven. Yeah, and it feels and yet I was just thinking while you were talking, it feels churlish to give it seven because I do think it's it's a good game, but I don't. I know there's, there's I, nothing like outstanding about it. 
Yeah, I don't even like talking about reviews in in numerical terms like we like I've just laid out. But if there is a game that encapsulates, crystallizes the idea of a seven, I think it might be this one. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds I, that sounds like damning with faint praise, doesn't it? It, it does. That's that's why I'm being hesitant because I I, I want yeah. to kind of big it up more, but I I don't. You know, it, it is it is what it is. Okay, so let's let's move on then in a very ham-fisted way. Go for it. Let's move on because there are lots of good things about the game that should be praised and that sounds like I'm not praising it. Let me be very clear. I like it. I just don't think it's no, I don't think it's amazing. What is amazing is just how much detail they got out of the uh, graphical side of of things because it's fabulous and there are certain games on the game boy the original game boy that blow me away in terms of the amount of texture and detail that they they're able to create a sense of um and this is one of them how how do you get the kind of the range of of shades of green how do you get the depth of detail with just greens and and sort of very dark greens and maybe a little bit of white how do you do that? I don't know. I'm not sure how, but but they did a very good job of it. Even down to there was an opening cutscene animation. It's not not cutscene where there was a a duck on a boat, one of the pirates, some I guess led by Captain Syrup, and it, the boat was going back and forth, and this duck kept popping popping its head out and looking through a telescope at Wario, and the duck just had a little bit of light and shade on it, its head to give the semblance of 3D, like a, a really simple effect, but it was done so well on these few pixels on a Game Boy screen, just really impressive there are some games that they that take very little in terms of what they have available to them and make the most of them and i think all game boy games have that as a challenge because the game boy screen wasn't capable of very much in relative terms um the game that comes to mind for me uh, that we've talked about before was lemmings on the super nintendo or mega drive where they they took like an eight was it eight by eight eight by eight square or something like that and they made the lemming out of it very few pixels went into the animation of the lemming something like that yeah i think whenever you do anything on a game boy that's a set that's the same level of challenge that you're facing because there's very few pixels to work with for anything let alone a character model and yet warrior in particular the way that he looks even statically is is great and then the way that he moves is full of character Every he's, he's, yeah, he's full of expression. He has that devil may care attitude. Really comes through. So, but when, when he starts a new game, he, he he runs through. He charges into this room where there's a, a Mario water pipe, and he bangs into it, and then his hat falls off, and then he turns, does his double take, and there's a, a hat on a, a peg behind him. And he jumps up and grabs it, and then sort of gives the camera a thumbs up or, or something. And I just think this this mm. the attitude that he's got. This I think it, it's done really well. Yep, me too. There was also a bit in the, um, oh, I can't remember which level it was, but it's the one where you have to ride the uh, womp block or whatever it's called. Womp. Uh, which one I mean? The, uh, the fourth level. So level four on Rice Beach, yeah. That one, the the actual thwomp. I don't, are they actually thwomps or are they something else? Because they don't look like the uh, traditional thwomp. Is it there's a thwomp and, anyway. and there's another one that's, that's like so, a thwomp but different? But it, it's, it's in that. Whatever this variety of thwomp is, his facial ex- his facial expressions 
when you are actually riding on top of him and really good. He looks really grumpy and annoyed and he's just sort of travelling along and every so often he'll, not even every so often, every second or so his, his face will show a grimace of a aggravation. And I, I, I really enjoyed that bit. Musically, that's another thing that I enjoyed. Yeah. So... Yeah, music was fab. The, uh, the very first level was like a a twisted version, or twisted is probably giving a bit too much credit, an alternative version of some classic Mario music. Again, this I'd say twisted. It was like uh, not in the not in the Disney villainous type of uh, twisted tales thing. I I think that they've taken the melody of of Mario Brothers that everybody's familiar with and given it a janky yeah edge yeah that that totally suits Wario and the idea that Wario is forever trying to rip off Mario. Mm-hmm. The the whole game, as you laid out in the first half, the premise of the game is that he's trying to best Mario, but Wario's nature is that he never really actually does. In any of his ventures, he always sort of falls down. So in, in my headcanon, if you want to call it that, he has, if he were the creator of this game, that's exactly the sort of music that he would make. So he would he would try and do a better version of the Mario music, and he'd end up with a janky version of the Mario music, yep. which is what plays at, in the first level of of Warrior Land. Yeah. So I was very pleased to hear that. Yeah. And actually, um, I mentioned in the first half about the the gold statue of Peach. At the end of the game, you do get that gold statue of Peach, and then Mario appears in his only appearance in this game. Mario appears in a plane, and he attaches the. the Goals like Drip Peach to his plane and then flies off, sort of to really rub salt in, in Wario's wounds. You know, yes, Wario's managed to get the statue, but actually Mario still can sweep it and save the day and take it back to Peach herself, which again I think is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, perfect ending to a Warrior mm. game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the gameplay itself I thought was really good. The the whole coin collecting mechanic works perfectly. And we, we discovered uh, the the idea of the getting a giant coin, which you can throw at enemies as well. It also is used for checkpoints. So there's checkpoints, mm. which I think I did mention uh, before we played as well. There are checkpoints with this giant coin, and you have to create. If you have to get, if you got ten coins, you have to create a large coin and throw it into the checkpoints in order to save your progress halfway through. That also extends to the end of the levels as well, uh, where you have to have ten coins or more in order to actually escape the levels. And if you haven't, you then got to do a bit of backtracking. Mm. But the coins are the, in numerous They're amounts. Profuse. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not you know. It's not as a bad it's thing. It's not onerous no. to, to, uh, to have to collect what amounts to 20 coins per level if you're going to get the checkpoint. And I would strongly advise that if you are playing this game, grab the checkpoint when you see it because it is a bit frustrating having to start the level again. But it's also... Well, I was going to say it is also your own fault. But actually, there were some small niggles that I had with, with regard to how some things worked. And I'll, I'll give one example just to... Um, just to typify what I'm talking about. And that is to do with one of the checkpoints, which was situated one block away from a door to the next part of the level. And in order to conjure up your ten, your big coin to pay for the checkpoint, you have to press up and B. And in order to get through a door, you press up, which meant that I uh, twice actually ended up accidentally going through the door without doing my checkpoint because I pressed up and and didn't get a chance to press B before Mm -hmm. I went through the door. And now you could argue that that's my fault for standing in front of the door, but my focus was on the checkpoint and not on the door. I think that design-wise, putting them very close together like that is maybe not the best. 
idea. Um, and there were a couple of other bits, but I don't want to that, like that. The, a couple of other very minor niggles that I'm not going to detail, just because it it will skew the balance of this uh, of this episode in a way that makes it feel more negative than I wish it to to feel. It'll make it sound like a five out of ten game as opposed to a seven out of ten game. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, in that example you just mentioned with the the giant coin, you could have. You, the player could position Wario further away from that door and made the coin appear and then throw it into it from a distance. So these, that niggle I'm you fully have, aware of that, yeah. yeah. Thank you for rubbing in how stupid I am. I appreciate it. Linked to that idea of the coins then, when you finish the level, you have this scene where all the coins you've amassed in that level culminate uh, together into Wario's kind of overall pot as to, to how much he's got in total. There is also a, a section of that screen where it's got the alphabet from A to Z and I was at first playing it through thinking why is that there and then I found out a little bit later on when I went back to replay a level for a reason I'll explain in a few minutes that there was a door that had appeared that wasn't there previously now these are treasure doors and they've got this giant keyhole above them and you have to go explore the level and find a key and then take it back to that door go through the door once it's unlocked and then there's a giant treasure chest that then and the one I got was treasure A which then took me back to that screen to show me okay here's your coin total and now you've got treasure A you've still got 25 left to get so you've got these kind of in order for where to achieve his goal of trying to get as much money as possible you kind of got the coin aspect which is fairly easy because mm. they're out in the open in every level and then the treasure aspect as well and our treasure presumably counts for that the more treasure you get obviously they're worth a lot so they'll adds towards your coin total in a large amount i really like that and because i would also suspect that what would probably happen is if for example you had got treasure f and then treasure h you'd probably be able to work out which levels you got them on and then you'd be able to work out okay treasure g is presumably on a level between those so there's a bit of kind of guiding the player towards exactly where these are without making it too transparent Yep. The reason I found that door was because there was, there was a nice element with the, the first area, Rice Beach, where once completed, I went, you went to the second area, which was Mount Teapot. I went back to Rice Beach because the area is, is by the coast and the tide had then come in. The third level, I noticed the icon on the world map was, a, a for all the other levels, was a plain circle, but for number three was a couple of concentric circles. And I remembered that means multiple exits. So I went back into that level and now it's flooded and that was then the thing that enabled me to get towards the second exit. And I like the fact that the levels are, it again, shows you there's a hidden exit here, but doesn't make it explicit. But then I also like the elemental side of it, the fact that the level is reacting to what is going on on the world map. Yeah, I quite like that. I didn't actually, uh, I didn't go back. You told me about that before I finished level five. I didn't go back and check it to see what it was like, but I do like the theory but then irritatingly there was a level in mount teapot that had those concentric circles and i tried that two or three times to try and work out where the other exits were really couldn't figure it out at all i suspect what will probably happen is a similar thing where maybe a bit later on i'd have to go back to mount teapot and then i'd be able to find these secret levels i don't know yeah maybe i think what we've got here perhaps at least in a game in terms of how i remember wario games up to a certain point anyway, up to the end of the Advance, Game Boy Advance era. I think what we've got here is like an Assassin's Creed situation whereby the first game lays out a an idea and does a decent job of laying that idea out. And then the subsequent games build on it in such a way that they become more than more than the sum of their parts, I suppose. 
um, for anyone that's not familiar with Assassin's Creed and where that started out, the first Assassin's Creed was very repetitive and and I would go so far as to say a little bit boring once you got over the parkour elements and the and being able to climb up everything that you can see pretty much and the assassinations. They they were all nice and fun to start off with, but once you'd done it fifteen times um in various different places it, it got a bit samey. Um the same but then then what happened was that other games iterated on the design of Assassin's Creed and you had these you had all different t- takes on that um design or on various aspects of that design um you also had the Assassin's Creed series iterate on those things and add new elements in like missions and so on um and broaden out the design in ways that made it more fun more engaging what i'm hoping because we will be doing Warrioland 3 and 4 at the very least in the future what i'm hoping is that it's the same here where Wario Land was the proto, yeah, the prototype for something more, and they laid out some of the design ideas here, and then built on them and and broadened them out in the future. Have you got That's what I'm? Have you got good memories of three and four then? Yeah, I do. Yeah, what you do get with three and four, obviously, is um, is color for for one, but I believe that you've got more variety in what's going on and i think that um even though he feels having played today my memory is that he feels the same to control across all of the games but um there are new levels to to the to the different uh abilities that he can have well i didn't realize before i could be completely wrong though chris so please don't don't you know, I might be hoisting myself by my own petard. Fair enough. Well, I, I didn't actually realise that there were that many sequels to this. I, I, I kind of vaguely knew there was a second one, but I didn't know about three or four at all before making my notes for today. So it seems like a good point to kind of talk about those, really. Uh, the second one released on the Game Boy Colour in 1998. So again, you've got that yeah. incremental Game Boy, Game Boy Colour. The third one released in 2000, also on the Game Boy Colour. And then Rareland 4 released in 2001 on the Game Boy Advance. There was also Virtual Boy Warrior Land, clunky title, on the Virtual Boy in 1995, and a sequel yeah. called Warrior Land Shake It on the Wii in 2008. Yeah, so I I was very specific about it, uh, about things getting better up to uh, the end of the Game Boy Advance because Warrior Land Shake Dimension. I think it was called something different here, or else it was Shake Dimension here and something else in America. I've got Shake it, but um, actually now you said that Shake Dimension sounds familiar. I think it's Shake Dimension here and Shake it in in the US. Right. Um, I didn't play that, but I did. It was one of those games that I've seen HMV on the regular, and it was usually quite cheap, but I could never bring myself to buy it, and. I regretted it until I played it last year and I'm kind of glad that I missed out on it because it, it didn't really do anything revelatory for the series and I didn't really feel like I was missing out. Having having played it, I retrospectively didn't think I'd missed anything right. major. So I, it's a shame to say it, but yeah, I, th- I don't think that that's an amazing game. Oh. Warrior, and I'm really concerned now that we're going to take Warrioland 3, Warrioland 4 at some point in the future and play those and find the same thing out about them as well. Well, maybe let's do them sort of episode 200 and something, kind of 
really yeah, work let's towards that long, it. I can, let's hold on to this feeling of hope yeah. for as long as possible, yeah. is what you're saying, yeah. And obviously there's also other Wario games, such as Wario World on the GameCube in 2003, that was Master of Disguise on the DS in 2007, and then obviously the WarioWare series. I'd never heard of Wario Master of Disguise. I've heard of Master of Disguise, but I haven't played it. I've played... I've played uh, Warrior World. And? No, thank you. Okay. That's a 3D version of Wario, and it didn't really work. But I think it was quite slow, as you'd expect from Wario, and I don't think that did any favours. Mm. It didn't translate very well. That's a shame. Um, Master of Disguise, though, I've heard reasonably good things about from from a few people. But I haven't played it, so I, I'd be interested in trying it, just not... Having that. Having said that, though, I'm looking at the review scores from various different places, and uh, it's getting a lot of fours. Oh, no. So... From a seven to a four. four. Fours, four to seven. Oh, four there seven. you go. Uh, and, and finally, Wario Land itself, the one we've been talking about today, was re-released on the 3DS in 2011. Uh, but at the moment, uh, with the recent, relatively recent demise of the 3DS shop... Obviously, it's not currently available, sadly. No, I've got a cartridge, but you're not having it. Yeah, you waved it at me on the camera. Look good. Mm. Look very Game Boy cartridgey. Yeah. yeah, I like the picture. If uh, another thing to add, I like. I mean, this is this can be said about all of the Game Boy uh, Mario games. All of the box art is really fun. I really like it. Super Mario Land's really good, and then Super Mario Land Two is good, and this is good as well. But unfortunately, I I feel like I should tag on Warrior Land. Super Mario Land 3's cover isn't as good as the other two. So, but that's kind of encapsulates what we're trying to say it, about it, the yeah, game. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Ah, well, Sorry, Wario. Yeah. There we go. I think Nintendo would probably be quite pleased with what what we've said, to be honest, because he's always he's always branded as the not Mario, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're saying. He's 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 uh he's not as good as Mario. Right, John, John, wrap yeah. up there then. No, you can. Okay, that's your job again. It is okay. Fair enough. I've 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 uh, I've lumped a load of jobs on you. I feel that's and, all right. Uh, this is one of them. Right. Well, we'll wrap up there then. Uh, next week we'll be back to Ashley at uh, one of your games. Uh, so no idea what it's going to be. No, fair enough. Okay. Uh. Oh, that's what I thought now. Um, how about me? I actually planned a game for this week, which I have told you, but I'm going to tell everybody else because it's worth a mention. I, I planned a game for this week thinking that I was on this week. I thought it was my job this week, um, and and it wasn't, but I planned it anyway. I started anyway. Uh, the game was Witchwood, and I had been playing that as part of the new PlayStation Plus premium package which it's included in it's also available on other consoles i think it's available on the xbox but it's definitely available on the switch um and it's very good i showed chris a, a bit of it before we started and i think he was fairly impressed yeah, likened the art style to death bank which i don't think is far off at all i had had a similar thought independently of of chris on that front um and it's just a really fun thing i said to hannah when I was playing it, I, I feel like I'm doing things that a witch would actually do. So, yeah, I'd recommend having a little look at Witchwood if you're 
if you're that way inclined. Oh, that's a lovely way to end the episode on a on a recommendation for a for another game that isn't Wereland. Good call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, did you do like subscribe stuff or? I didn't. Do you want to do it? Okay. Do you, uh do what all podcasts ask you to do and definitely do it with us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you know all those things that podcasts say, do those things. Do them for us. The likes, the subscribes, the rates, the reviews, all those bits. Um, please, it helps. It helps. Also, very much share it with friends because that really helps. And obviously, um, you can do that sharing on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We're on all four of them. All four. Count them. Mm, four. Yeah. Yummy. For social media. Mm. Mm. Food for the soul, the tormented souls of hell. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for staying this long, and we'll see you next week. Sayonara. Bye.